Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernell Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. And we're joined this morning by Nancy Melendez, president of the Oklahoma Aspiring Educators Association. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me today, and I can't wait to start talking with you. Awesome. And then we also have Rachel Emmerman, chair of NEA Aspiring Educators. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, everyone. I'm really happy to be here with you. Great. We are so glad you guys are here. So first, uh, let's just, for for folks who might not know, might not be aware, let's have a sort of a big picture look at aspiring educators. Rachel, can you tell us kind of um, what NEA Aspiring Educators um, does, what your your goals are? Yeah, absolutely. So NEA Aspiring Educators consists of over 50,000 college students across the country on over a thousand different college campuses and universities um, that we are future educators, future education support professionals, Mm -hmm. anyone who is interested in a career representing education. Um, So we are passionate about a lot of different issues relative to public education and the labor movement and young people. um, And I mean, we are excited more than I think anyone in the world to join the profession of education uh, that we have long since wanted to join. Great. Nancy, can you tell us from a state perspective, what's OAEA and um, what are some things that you guys do? Okay, so um, OAEA is the Oklahoma um, organization that falls under the umbrella of the NEA Aspiring Educator Program for our program, we also have um, chapters with every um, college and university, almost every college and university within the state of Oklahoma, and we do um, at every at every university campus that we do have a chapter at, they are the ones that are preparing or students who will become educators later on on how to prepare for that, and at the state level, that's where we all come together to share our experiences, to share what we learn, and also to work together to bring mm-hmm. everyone in the state together and hopefully, you know, become the next generation of educators that will take over. It's important work. So, Nancy, you graduated this May. Um, what does, what does uh, the future workforce look like to aspiring educators right now? Well, that is um, a question, and it's also really hard to say because um, not just for me, but across the nation, and there has to be, there will be a big change because what people like me who just recently graduated, we prepare for a world that is no longer the same. Mm. Things have changed radically, so um, I think we will see many changes with the education programs that will have to be altered the same way. Um, my fellow colleagues who just graduated and will be entering into the classroom, we will experience so many more changes than we were previously prepared for. Mm-hmm. So um, I think just like any other first-year teacher or early career, we're just getting basically almost from square one and try to learn all these new strategies that we'll have to implement to not only become good at, you know, 
successful educators, but also um, work with their students and see what new learning changes we'll have to make. And what about from a national perspective, Rachel? Yeah, I mean, so I'm actually looking for jobs for next year also in Ohio, and I am seeing over and over again, I'm hearing from principals everywhere telling me that they are not hiring for next year due to COVID-related challenges or just the regular um, inability to hire more educators. Um, But what's interesting now is, you know, I completely agree with what Nancy was saying is everything is different. We've prepared for four, five, six, maybe seven years to be this professional that mm-hmm. might be completely changed by the fall. Um, but at the same time, our reason for loving public education and our reason for wanting to be an educator is still the same. We still have yeah. those students that we long to connect with and want to help them change the world. And even though there's not a playbook on how to be an educator in this chaotic world that we all are living in, Mm -hmm. I think the playbook is also the same. The playbook is leaning on our union family, our professional network of colleagues across the state and across the country uh, to know what to do the next day to know how to be a stronger educator and to know how to support our students and communities. Rachel, what what message would you want to give to aspiring educators listening to uh, this podcast? I think more than ever right now, as challenging as everything seems, you know, even to wake up every morning, I think it's a very, it's a hard moment in time for everyone, especially those aspiring to help change the world. Uh, But we need you. And as hard as that is, we need you to take care of yourself, to fill your own bucket, because as soon as you do, we're going to need your bucket to pour into so many students and Mm -hmm. communities that need some hope and inspiration and leadership right now. So as much as things in the world might tell you to turn your back on education right now, I'm going to ask you to face forward and be the leader that we all need in our communities right now, because the time to be an educator and to be a community leader and activist is needed now more than ever. Absolutely. You know, our aspiring educators do a uh, philanthropy, a service project every every year, Outreach to Teach. Uh, Nancy, tell us a little bit about Outreach to Teach and, and some of uh, the stuff that, that uh, the students do that do fill their buckets and get them uh, engaged and prepared. Yes, thank you. So um, Outreach to Teach started from the national level and just kind of sprinkled down through states and chapters at Oklahoma. We're really proud to continuously do such projects every spring. And we, each year, we select a school that really needs it based on requirements, such as the percentage of year reduced lunch. And what we do, we gather students from different chapters across the state, and we all come together for a day of service. So school, we do anything from painting the walls, from cleaning classrooms, from painting murals, 
doing some gardening even. And during this time, we do it for school, but not only music, but also the kids need it. Our students mm-hmm. need it. It gives them a new space to look at, something to smile at. At the same time, they get to see us um, as aspiring educators who want to work for them and to work with them. And and it's a little for us as well. We get to see a, a kid smile, and it lets them know that we care for us. And um, that's what we really want. We want to be a part that makes them smile, that gives, provides them a beautiful space to learn. Hopefully, so we can provide them a safe space as well. And it, it's a very helpful time for us to also practice self-care. You also, when you're gardening, you're painting, you just, getting this on and knowing that this is not only for you, but this is for mm-hmm. probably a school you might even work at. It's a very fulfilling moment. That's great. Um, we're going to take a little detour now. Um, Nancy, you are running for an office within NEA. Is that correct? That is correct. So tell us about that. Okay. So I have recently announced that I'm running for which is currently Rachel's position, which is the um, Inspiring Educator's Chair position. Um, I have currently served as the Oklahoma president, state president, for two years, and my next step is hopefully to um, be elected by our members for such national position. When is that election? I'm sorry, say what? Rachel, when is the election for the uh, NEA Aspiring Educator Chair? Yeah, sure. Uh, The election is typically held at our National Aspiring Educators Conference in June, right before RA. This year, uh, we will be doing mail-in ballots, so it will be pretty much uh, spanning the entire month of July. All right. All right. Well, good luck, Nancy. We are pulling for you. That's exciting. Thank you so much. I hopefully um, hope to, you know, unite and work a little more time with our program and create the change that we're all, all hoping to make. I can't wait to work with you, whether it's as you being the aspiring educators chair or in the classroom. Thank you, ladies, so Thank much you. for joining us. Uh, we appreciate all the work that you do. And you remind us that the future for public education is bright for our kids. All right. We're joined this morning by two uh, incredible leaders. We have Polly Christian, president of the Oklahoma Retired Educators Association. Good morning, Polly. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we have Sabra Tucker, executive director of the OREA. Good morning, Sabra. Good morning. Well, we wanted to uh, visit with you all about um, being activists after your career uh, is complete and you are retired. So can we talk a little bit about the COLA? Tell us how (laughs) excited you are after 12 years that uh, retired educators are going to be getting a COLA. It is beyond belief in a way, Mm. because we have worked for so long and so hard uh, that 
that it has actually come about where it's just amazing. Um, of course, we were wanting an 8%, but hey, we got a 4%. And since it's been so long, we have some teachers, retired educators that um, basically when they retired, the teacher's salary is thinking they're low now. Oh, my goodness. And it's nothing compared to what it was 20, 30 years ago. And we have some who have been retired that long. And um, so they were in, some of them were in dire straits. So mm. this is a blessing. Sabra, tell us about um, some of the stories you heard along the way. I have heard the most heartbreaking stories. And the human the human element was really something important to me uh, to advocate for real people, not just um, can the system afford to give a mm. cost of living adjustment or yeah. not. I talked to members across the state about many situations. One member in Tulsa shared with me that she was a retired school counselor, had worked uh, and received her master's degree during her career, and she shared with me that she wore her coat inside her house in the wintertime to save on her heating bill because she needed to make her pension dollars stretch as far as it possibly could. Wow. And I heard stories about people who were having to choose between paying certain bills, such as you know their food bill every month, or buying medicine. Sometimes they would buy their medicine every other month, which we know wow. leads to unhealthy outcomes yes. for, for patients of any age, but especially elderly. I heard stories about people, uh, even after the pandemic started, their children who lost their jobs had moved back home, and the whole family, extended family was trying to live on that small uh, retirement paycheck. Wow. So uh, I I could go on and on, but but the need was real. Yeah. And sometimes it seems talking to legislators that, you know, oh, they can do another year without a cola, but uh, the need was real. Absolutely. So, some so when you think about something that large, I mean, that's a lot of um, moving parts. It's a lot to get lawmakers to all move in the same direction. Talk about that advocacy. Why was it important for it to be communication with retirees, not just, um, you know, saber calling and saying, hey, you should do this? Absolutely. Legislators are always interested in hearing from their own constituents. After all, those are the people that vote them into office. When they hear from real people, and real voters in their own district, that's what really makes the impact to people in elected office because those are the people that put them there and they have an obligation to represent them. And very often, they're people they already know. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, they're even the former teachers of those legislators. Mm Polly, what what is it like what to go up uh, to the Capitol and visit with lawmakers? It was first of all, it was very interesting. A lot of the law um, legislators and everything were so 
welcoming. Um, they were, they really wanted to hear what I had to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great when we would get several or even a lot of us up there uh, roaming the halls, and I think it made an impact on the legislators. Um, sometimes it was rather daunting sure. to, uh, to even get in to see some, um, but it was, it was quite, shall we say, an educational experience. <laughs> what was your, um, so how would you prepare to what? do that? How was, how would you prepare to go up to the, to the Capitol to, to lobby? Well, for one thing, Sabra and um, even the, the OEA would have us when we would go on like Teacher Tuesday mm-hmm. uh, that we would meet prior and they would have information for us. Uh, the OREA, sometimes we had cards. If we couldn't see the people, we could leave them mm-hmm. um, to let them know that we had come. Um, we did a little shall we say, research, uh, at least hopefully some of us did, and getting to know which bills that we needed to promote mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was really good. And I, can, I can't thank Sabra enough for coordinating it and uh, having us go as a group was, I think, very beneficial. So, Sabra, what about... Um retired educators and retired support staff who are not able to go to the Capitol for whatever reason, how, um, how can they advocate from where they are? Uh, actually, it's very easy to be engaged wherever you are sitting. You can call uh, legislators' phone numbers uh, right on the telephone. If you're not comfortable calling uh, and talking personally, that's okay because You'll just most likely be leaving a message Mm -hmm. initially. You can email legislators, and we always provide uh, that information to our members uh, every year at the beginning of the session. You can um, write actual letters, actually old-fashioned handwritten letters still make an impact, and sometimes more of an impact because they're more rare these days. You can talk to legislators on uh, the weekends when they're home in your district. Many of them will uh, attend legislative breakfasts in their hometowns or Mm -hmm. home counties. And so there are many ways to engage legislators without actually even leaving your community. And that became more important um, for us this year once. Uh, everything was closed down mm-hmm, because of mm-hmm. the COVID-19 pandemic. Virtual engagement was even more important than ever because that's the only choice that we had. And our members, uh, I have to say, rose to the occasion and did it very well. And we think that uh, without that interaction, this COLA would never have happened. So uh, grassroots involvement is still important as a retiree, just as it is as an active educator. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit and uh, let you talk about the Retired Educators Association. Um, tell us what what else you do. I mean, legislative action is a piece of it, but what is OREA all about? 
Well, the OREA is your next step after you end your actual in-person teaching career. You know, old teachers never die. We still have work to do. And so uh, (laughs) we have many things to offer our members. We have actually 60 uh, county units across the state that people can join and be involved with. Many of those county units are involved in local advocacy and in local community service. They generally meet about once a month and get together many times to have lunch and have social time and hear a speaker. Um, a great idea or that like in Comanche County, they always invite their local superintendent to come to those meetings to let them know what the retirees are doing. And it's also their way of staying involved in their local community schools. We also provide an annual meeting every year, a convention for our uh, members to attend. It's a, a lot of fun. And we always have a keynote speaker and we have breakout sessions and we conduct uh, the business of our organization. Unfortunately, we have uh, postponed it until 2021 this year right. uh, due to the pandemic, but that will make it even more fun when we do finally get back together and have our meeting. We also have many opportunities for leadership. We have statewide committees that people can become involved in and still be leaders in education and then add the layer of retiree advocacy uh, to those leadership skills. And there's just lots of opportunities, and I hope that people will remember that once they retire, you just go to the next level. And, uh, and But also, it's not like a faculty meeting. We don't make you come. We hope that you want to come and have a good time. And Polly... Do you have to wait until you're retired to join, or can you join earlier than that? No, you can join at age 45 and be a a member, and then you are already set that when you do retire, whatever age that is, you're already geared in to going on to the next step. Uh, A lot of people may not know about the OREA, and they think when they are finished teaching, they're finished. But, oh, you know, you're never finished as an educator. You're never finished. You you think about who volunteers, what organizations that you belong to, and everything else like that. And being a part of the OREA is just one level of things that you can do. And we offer so many different things as you can do. Each of the county um, groups and everything do things No one does anything exactly alike, which is great because you are gearing toward your members and what they would like to do, whether it is working back in the schools to read to the kids or helping mentor or whether it's working in the community, whether it's gardening, whether it is uh, being part of a group that helps being a docent, like some people in Cleveland County uh, can be a docent for um, OU. Um, It's just, it's an exciting time, and it's fun to think about being at the next level. 
it it so. may or may not surprise our uh, listeners that I have reached beyond the magic age of 45 and am a an OREA member as well. So, um, Sabra, how would I, how, if, if I wanted to join OREA, how would I do that? Well, you can just call the OREA office or the OEA office and they can direct you to the people to send you a form. You can also go online at OREA.org and, uh, sign up right there. Perfect. Also, Alicia, I would like to mention that uh, as the OEA president, you uh, are a sitting member of our board of directors to represent the active voice um, on our board. As uh, Just as Polly is a member of the OEA board of directors mm-hmm. and represents retirees to the active board. And so uh, we love that collaboration and because, as we know, we're stronger together and we can make a difference uh, for, for everybody through their career, before they even start as student members, and then in their retirement. Also, Polly spoke of educating. We have to continue to educate our legislators because no one else um, is representing and educating our legislators on the importance of the teacher retirement system and why we have to protect it and keep it uh, in good shape for many years to come, even for those people who haven't been hired to start their careers yet. That is part of what we do, and we'll work together and make a difference together. Absolutely. We all dream of being uh, retired someday. Someday. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Sabra and Polly. We appreciate your activism and your time this morning. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Mine too. And welcome to Alicia's Morning Announcements. So OEA has launched a brand new racial and social justice page on our website, okea.org slash, that's a forward slash justice. It is equipped with reading lists, lesson plans, articles, podcast videos, all kinds of stuff to help anyone along their journey or their students' journeys in becoming more informed about our country's inequities and what part we can all play in bending the moral arc of the universe towards a more just society. In addition, the OEA Summer Conference used to be called the Summer Leadership Conference. We're dropping the leadership because it's more than just leadership. The OEA Summer Conference, July 13th through 17th, there will be some great content, everything from racial and social justice, to using virtual learning and teaching platforms like Google Classroom, Seesaw, and Canvas, to trauma, to turning ideas into policy, whether it's um, trying to get something passed as a state legislative uh, agenda or uh, policy at your local, self-care, something that is so important and several of us do not uh, take time to do self-care. There's new officers training and some other local leadership uh, opportunities. There's going to be a great session on STEAM or STEM uh, with an author who's written a children's book about um, science. 
So uh, we've got something for everything. It is going to be so fantastic. Whether you're a student member, an early career educator, a career member, or retired, whether you're certified or a support professional, we have something for you. And a couple of awesome things about this virtual conference. It's free for members. And when you register, you can choose to participate in the session at the scheduled time or if you're not available at that time, you can choose when you register to receive a link to the recorded session to watch when it's convenient for you. So look for more information, including the registration in uh, an email next week, maybe in the edge, which is our weekly email or on the webpage, okea.org early next week. Hope you're having a great week. There's lots to do and let's all take a little time for self-care and make sure that we are resting and relaxing our own minds uh, a little bit. But also don't forget to vote June 30th. Uh, that is an election activity that we do not want to be restful about. We also have our election guide that has been put up. Um, it's all over social media. But if you want to know who the OEA recommended candidates are, you can look at the election guide that is on the webpage behind the wall, which means you have to be a member to see it uh, and register. And then you can go on and, and look on the webpage in that special section. All right. Talk to you guys later. And um, this is a little bit different than usual because we are all in separate locations. So there's no witty banter between Carrie and I. Uh, we will talk to you next week.